Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book, What You Do Is Who You Are, How to Create Your Business Culture. Taking a unique perspective on how historical figures built their cultures, this book gives an in-depth explanation of the great significance of culture to a company and summarizes workable strategies and techniques for building a business culture. Author Ben Horowitz is one of the best-known angel investors in Silicon Valley. He's done unique in-depth research in the fields of business, leadership and culture. We also have a bookie on his other book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. In the book we are talking about today, Horowitz doesn't focus on successful cases of business culture building but takes a unique perspective and tells us historical anecdotes about leadership and team culture. Among them, there is the story of Toussaint Louverture's revolution. He was born a slave, but he fought against his fate and became a revolutionary leader, making the Haitian Revolution the only successful slave revolution in Western history. He not only reprogrammed slave culture but also founded an independent state. There is also the story about ancient Japanese warriors. Their strict adherence to the Bushido, or the way of the warrior, enabled the warrior class to rule Japan for nearly 700 years and has remained the root of Japanese culture. Its rules are clear, and its content is coherent and inclusive. Horowitz also analyzes how Genghis Khan ruled his empire. Born in the desert, Genghis Khan led a top-class military force. He took in the best aspects of every culture he conquered, created an inclusive and elite management system, and eventually founded the vast Mongol Empire. Techniques and strategies from these historical stories can give us unusual inspiration for building our business culture today. Taking history as a mirror, Horowitz focuses on these vivid and powerful figures and demonstrates his insights into business culture. Next up, we'll explore the major content of the book, What You Do Is Who You Are in Four Parts. Part 1, Business Insights from Toussaint Louverture. Part 2, Business Insight from Bushido, The Code of the Samurai. Part 3, Business Insight from Genghis Khan. Part 4, Find Your Own Business Culture. Part 1, Business Insights from Toussaint Louverture. Let's start with the legendary story about how Haitian revolutionary leader Toussaint Louverture reinvented slave culture. In 1743 in the French colony of Saint-Domingue, now known as Haiti, Louverture was born a slave. At the time, due to the atrocities of slave owners, slaves were generally poorly educated and lacking in interpersonal trust. Survival was their primary goal. Louverture, like all slaves of his time, was exploited from an early age by the French colonists and slave owners. It was this experience that gave him the determination to overthrow the French colonial rule and fight for the freedom of black people. As a teenager, he was assigned to take care of horses and cows, a job usually available only to white men. He seized this rare opportunity and spent his spare time reading, absorbing many new ideas from books. In 1789, influenced by the French Revolution, slave revolts took place in many parts of Saint-Domingue, and Louverture joined the rebellion. Since most of them were illiterate, Louverture, who was more educated and knowledgeable, soon became the leader of the group, hoping to build a united and powerful army. But the original slave culture was far from sufficient to reach their goal, so Louverture took a series of actions to reshape it. In the beginning, Louverture handpicked 500 men for his dream army. 
They trained hard together with him and learned various military tactics. By doing so, Louverture was able to minimize the differences among soldiers and their leaders, thereby reprogramming the slave culture that bound them. He knew very well that only when every single fighter had the same goal and mentality could the army go into battle. In addition, he took the original strengths of slave culture to the extreme. At that time, Europeans had not yet discovered a way to give orders over long distances in secret codes, but Louverture's army turned the songs typically sung by black slaves when practicing witchcraft into codes for launching attacks. In this way, the mysterious tunes, which were completely incomprehensible to European soldiers, were transformed into communication and command tools. As the army grew, the trust issues between soldiers and generals became more serious. Born as slaves, many people lacked the ability to trust others since their life, or their families' lives, could have been easily endangered. In order to develop trust on different levels, Louverture instituted the highly controversial rule that married officers were not allowed to have concubines. The logic behind it was that the oath of marriage was one of the most sacred. If an officer couldn't keep his word to his wife, then he would not be loyal to his army either. Once an officer had lost his faithfulness, his soldiers would have been less likely to trust him in defending the interest of the army and each soldier. This rule was emphasized every time a new man was recruited, and it gradually became a part of the army's culture, enhancing the trust between soldiers and officers, and their loyalty to the army. With the growth of his army, Louverture began to employ his opponents so that he could gain insight into their cultures and military tactics. He allowed multiracial people into his army regardless of their skin color. Also, he hired previously deposed French royalist officers because they were the best men to train his army with their expertise in military strategy. Later, his insurgent army occupied Saint-Domingue. As soon as the soldiers entered the city, they tried to seek revenge on the slave owners, but Louverture let the plantation owners live and keep their land due to agriculture being of the utmost importance. Louverture established what a thousand speeches could not have, that the revolution wasn't about revenge and that the economic well-being of the colony was its highest priority. So, what can we learn from Louverture's story about business? Horowitz summarizes seven points in his book, and let's focus on two of them. First, create shocking rules. The rule that forbade married officers from having concubines was quite startling for men of that time, and creating such shocking regulations still works in modern companies, too. Generally speaking, a rule created for building a culture should be easy to remember in the first place. If people can't remember it, they won't remember the culture behind it. Next, the rule must be so unique that people ask, why? Then, the explanation to the why must be straightforward enough to reflect the culture. Last but not least, the rule should be able to be applied to daily life. If a rule can be put into practice only a handful of times a year, it's useless. Let's take a modern-day example of creating shocking rules for building a culture. Tom Coughlin was an American professional football player and coach of the New York Giants for 11 years. During this period, he established an unbelievable rule for his team, arriving on time meant arriving late. He always started a meeting five minutes before the scheduled time, and the players were fined $1,000 even if they arrived exactly on time. The execution was very challenging in the beginning. Every player asked why. Some filed a complaint to the team's governing body. 
Even the New York Times published sharp criticisms against Coughlin regarding his negative impact on the team and tense relationship with the players. Confronted by the media's criticism, Coughlin did not yield but became even firmer in his conviction. Was this rule easy to remember? Certainly. The rule was also relevant to the player's daily life. Whenever anything was scheduled, this rule would repeat in the players' minds, reminding them to arrive five minutes earlier to be safe. So, what was Coughlin's purpose with this rule? It wasn't until he had led his team to two Super Bowl championships that his players realized that Coughlin's attitude towards time was more of a way of thinking. It made the players more self-disciplined, punctual and focused. No matter what happened next, they would always have five minutes to prepare. Besides creating shocking rules, leaders should also remember to make decisions that demonstrate priorities. That Louvertour prevented his soldiers from taking revenge on the slave owners is a good example of this point. Through his commands, he made it clear that building a prosperous society was the priority of their revolution, and slaughtering farm owners wouldn't help them develop the necessary agriculture. In the modern business world, the tactic of making priority-based decisions has been applied by Reed Hastings to the building of Netflix's corporate culture. Originally, Netflix started with a DVD rental and mailing business, which was highly profitable with high customer satisfaction. But in 2005, Hastings and his team learned about YouTube, where users could select from a long list of movies and watch them directly online. Two years later, Netflix launched its own streaming business. Three years after this, Netflix's streaming business in Canada had attracted a huge number of subscribers in just three days instead of the originally predicted three months. Hastings then realized that the age of streaming had arrived. Therefore, he decided to make streaming media their core business and transform the company into a multinational corporation. For such a feat, he needed his team to work together on the exact steps to take. To his disappointment, every time he wanted to develop a blueprint for the company's future, they ended up back on their original focus, how to optimize the existing DVD mailing business. To demonstrate the company's priority at the time, Hastings had to make a difficult decision. He excluded all the executives in charge of the DVD business from regular management meetings. Though Hastings used to work with them and they were all influential figures, these seniors didn't play a constructive role in the discussions, but hindered the progress of the new streaming business instead. In an unprecedented move, Hastings kicked a great team with extraordinary past achievements out of his company's core meetings. He knew that it was imperative to lead his business culture in the right direction, though Netflix's previous business model relied on physical goods and logistics, its future would rely on the internet and technology and needed to complete this shift in their focus. That ends the first part. In this part, we learned how Louverture reprogrammed slave culture and we obtained two insights from his story, create shocking rules and make decisions that demonstrate priorities. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.